Reading from the First Book of Kings Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral houses of the Israelites, before King Solomon in Jerusalem, to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. Then the priests brought the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to its place, in the inner sanctuary of the house, in the most holy place, underneath the wings of the cherubim. And when the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands to heaven. He said, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath, keeping covenant and steadfast love for your servants who walk before you with all their heart, the covenant that you kept for your servant my father David, as you declared to him, you promised with your mouth, and have this day fulfilled with your hand. Therefore, O Lord, God of Israel, keep for your servant my father David what which you promised him, saying, There shall never fail you a successor before me to sit on the throne of Israel, if only your children look to their way, to walk before me as you have walked before me. Therefore, O God of Israel, let your word be confirmed which you promised to your servant my father David. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Even heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, much less this house that I have built. Regard your servant's prayer and his plea, O Lord my God, heeding the cry of the prayer that your servant prays to you today, that your eyes may be opened night and day toward this house, the place of which you said, my name shall be there, that you may heed the prayer that your servant prays towards this place. Hear the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place. O oh, hear in heaven your dwelling place, heed and forgive. Likewise, when a foreigner who is not of your people Israel comes from a distant land because of your name, for they shall hear of your great name, your mighty hand, and your outstretched arm, when a foreigner comes and prays towards this house, then hear in heaven your dwelling place, and do according to all that the foreigner calls to you, so that all the people of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and so that they may know that your name has been invoked on this house that I have built. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual force of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything to stand firm, 
Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness as shoes for your feet, but on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit of all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The Holy Gospel of Jesus the Christ according to John. Jesus said, Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like what which your ancestors ate, and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue of Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe, and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of Christ. Loving God, please, I take my words and anoint them by your Holy Spirit. Anoint our ears, our hearts, our minds to receive the good news that you have for us today. That we may live lives of staggering beauty in this troubled world. We ask it in Jesus' name. Um, uh, as we go through this, that may help to set some context uh, to this. Because in order to make sense of the Ephesians reading and the Gospel reading, uh, we need to understand some of the Old Testament in order to make sense of it. Uh, but in order to make sense of this, we need to be able to look at what has gone before. So, Ephesians is a kind of a, a overview of the beauty of the Gospel and the beauty of what how the church should be in a world that is troubled. The imagery, though, we get to this armor of God business. We have journeyed through Ephesians, we're coming to the end of uh, Ephesians, and we have this kind of like these final comments being made by Paul, but the randomness of this armor of God. 
and uh, it really plays to certain aspects of this. Uh, you have, as I said, they put on the whole armor of God, so you're able to um, to stand in these days. Really. For our struggle is not against the enemies of blood and flesh, but against rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. How many of you have felt that the events of the world in recent weeks are just utterly overwhelming and hard to get your head around? In the only way you're going to be able to stand in these crazy times that we're in is by taking on the whole armor of God. And then it kind of goes into uh, some sort of parts of what the armor looks like, beginning with truth, Um, righteousness. We may understand better and more helpfully if I said justice. Remember, we talked a lot about justice in terms of righting relationships and bringing up the, the marginalized. And so that's where this comes from this idea of like re- realigning things in the right way. So, justice is structural. In the same way as racism and prejudice and all of these things are systemic in many ways, they're in the system. So, to God's justice, addresses those systemic challenges. And so, in Isaiah 59 and 17, God wears a breastplate, which is representative of justice. We are to be a justice-oriented church. And it's something which, frankly, younger generations in particular want to see. They want to see churches and other faith groups and other organizations take a lead in promoting justice in this world. The fourth piece is the shield of faith. If only you will believe. The belief that's referenced here is not quite the same as the words referenced belief elsewhere. In this passage, in this section, when it says belief, it means being trusting, dependent on. It is about creating a dependency on God. And so you don't need to get hung up on whether you agree with every line on everything. And then we have the, the fifth and final piece of armor is to grasp hold of the helmet of salvation. Salvation is about bringing liberation. Liberation to the oppressed, to the marginalized. So that is the armor of God. I haven't time to waste too much of that. So the final bit, which was after all the armor, was a full word prayer. At church, Royal is leading our intercessions today, and he will be modeling a version of prayer, which is called intercession prayer. That's not the only type of prayer. In fact, for many of us, that's the least attractive one. One of the most powerful forms of prayer is just being before God in silence. And finding in ourselves that we have to come to love ourselves and love God. Sometimes you don't need to stay stationary, you need to walk around. So, I said there was a segue, and the segue then is into the Gospel reading. Jesus has excited all the followers, he's got a big crowd of people, why? Because he's done some snazzy things. And Jesus really cuts into this and says, look, if you are here just for that magic moment, instant fix, that is not the way of God. The process of God is the journey. It is not an instant quick fix. But we like things that are instant. 
We don't want to have to cook. We want to put it in the microwave and go beep, 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 and it's done. There's a reason why instant coffee is here. So here's what Jesus does. The crowds are happy when he is identified with being Moses or a great leader or teacher of their tradition. But he does not link himself there. He links himself explicitly to the man, the bread that comes from heaven. And so Jesus says, you need to abide, is really the image John wants to talk about. Abide and remain with me. Because of that, lots of people leave Jesus at that point. And even his closest disciples, uh, you're preaching that we have to kind of continually, daily be in dependence on God. I mean, really? Jesus goes, yeah. So, what are you going to do, disciples? You're going to stay, you're going to go. And the response is interesting. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe, trust, depend, and know that you are the Holy One of God. God wants you to flourish far more than you realize. But in order for you to flourish, you have to let go of the layers that you cling on to so much. So the invitation is, as a church, as individuals, that we become a people who are daily dependent on God, recognizing that in so doing, we will find life in all its forms.